The following is Voices of Experience radio show and podcast. No promotional fees are paid by authors or other guests who appear on the show. If you have comments or suggestions, call the Voices of Experience hotline at 425-653-1166. That's 425-653-1166. On with the show. Welcome to this edition to Voices of Experience. My name is Paul Casey. And what we do on this show, if you have been listening for any length of time, we talk with people with experience in their chosen fields. I think experience is our best teacher. Speaking of experience, we have Eric Kramer here today, and he is the host of Spotlight on Success. And today, he's going to be talking to a Luke Miner, who again, is a man with a great deal of experience. Eric, what's up on your end today? Well, thank you, Paul, for the welcome. I appreciate it. Uh, yeah, so Luke Miner, director of WA 529 in the GET program, Guaranteed Education Tuition program, is going to be on the show with me. I've interviewed him a few times over the years, known him a long time, and, and it's been a joy to see him advance up through the ranks there at that department, and it's certainly deserved. You'll you'll see what a, a, a fountain of knowledge this gentleman is. I'll tell you, if you have kids, grandkids, nieces and nephews, any budding student in your family, this is a chance for you to buy tuition credits at a lower rate or today's rate, if you will, and save along. It's almost like having your own retirement fund, if you will, but for education. And it's super flexible, much more than you would think. And so if you have uh, a situation like that where you want to help a budding student out um, and, and you're wondering how, what are the tax implications and, and what are the advantages of going to a, a WA 529 or GET program, you need to listen to this edition of Spotlight on Success. We'll certainly be interested in that because uh, with all the inflation now, hmm. it's needed now more than ever. Thank you for that, Eric. Uh, I'm going to be visiting with two individuals today. The first up is retired Lieutenant Colonel Dan Hampton. Now, um, he is an individual who flew. Now, listen to this for a moment. This blows my mind. 151 combat missions during his 20 years in the Air Force. He received four distinguished flying crosses with valor, a purple heart, eight medals with valor, et cetera, et cetera. Amazing. I thought the interview was going to be about his uh, career. However, he wrote a book of someone he greatly admires from World War II, and um, it's about a Lieutenant Bill Harris, and he was captured in the Philippines during World War II. So he has an amazing story about him. And uh, he's also going to talk about the Ukraine conflict today. So that uh, is Lieutenant Colonel Dan Hampton. And I also am going to visit with pollster Stu Elway. He has just come out with the latest Seattle poll. He talked to 400 Seattle voters. What do people think about how Mayor Harrell is doing so far? What about crime? What about homelessness? What about police reform? And there are some surprises in this poll. So it kind of took me by surprise as well. Today for the one hit wonder on Kixie, if you're listening to the show on Kixie, is by a local artist whose song soared to number one in the country. And then on KKNW, I'm going to be talking about self-employment. And today we're going to be talking about the art of listening. So let's see what else. A uh, couple of announcements. We're going to be doing a live show next week. In the interim, we would like to have you take a listen to the show today. If you've been listening to the show for any length of time to weigh in and let us know what you think about Voices of Experience, what 
segments do you like? Where can we improve? What segments would you like to hear? If that is appeals to you, we're going to have two tickets for a Rainiers baseball game, Tacoma Rainiers, on Sunday, June 12th at 1.35 p.m. The two tickets are right behind home plate. They're box seats. And we'll what, just put the names in kind of a bowl and people who call in and we'll pick it out. And uh, you can uh, win, again, tickets to the Rainiers game. And Eric, you've been to a few games there, and I know you've really enjoyed it. Absolutely. A ton of fun and uh, very generous on, on your part on that. Uh, how about a phone number? 425-653-1166. Just leave your phone number so we can get back to you if you do win. That's 425-653-1166. And again, no purchase required. Just take your time to call in to that number, 425-653-1166, and give us your opinion. You're automatically entered. Be sure, to, though, to give some sort of contact information back in case you are the winner, a phone number, email, that sort of thing. Great show coming up, Paul. Thank you, Eric, and let's get right to it. Baseball is a 19th century pastoral game. Football is a 20th century technological struggle. Baseball is played on a diamond in a park, the baseball park. Football is played on a gridiron in a stadium, sometimes called Soldier Field or War Memorial Stadium. Baseball begins in the spring, the season of new life. Football begins in the fall when everything is dying. In football, you wear a helmet. In baseball, you wear a cap. Football is concerned with downs. What down is it? Baseball is concerned with ups. Who's up? Are you up? I'm not up. He's up. In football, the specialist comes in to kick. In baseball, the specialist comes in to relieve someone. In football, you receive a penalty. In baseball, you make an error. Whoops. Football has hitting, clipping, spearing, blocking, piling on, late hitting, unnecessary roughness, and personal fouls. Baseball has the sacrifice. <laughs> Football is played in any kind of weather. Rain, sleet, snow, hail, mud. Can't read the numbers on the field, can't read the yard markers, can't read the players' numbers. The struggle will continue. In baseball, if it rains, we don't come out to play. <laughs> Baseball has a seventh-inning stretch. Football has the two-minute warning. <laughs> Baseball has no time limit. We don't know when it's going to end. We might have extra innings. Football is rigidly timed, and it will end even if we have to go to sudden death. In baseball, during the game in the stands, there's kind of a picnic feeling. Emotions may run high or low, but there's not that much unpleasantness. In football, in the stands during the game, you can be sure that at least 27 times you were perfectly capable of taking the life of a fellow human being. Preferably a stranger. And finally, the objectives of the two games are totally different. In football, the object is 
for the quarterback, otherwise known as the field general, to be on target with his aerial assault, riddling the defense by hitting his receivers with deadly accuracy in spite of the blitz, even if he has to use the shotgun. With short bullet passes and long bombs, he marches his troops into enemy territory, balancing this aerial assault with a sustained ground attack which punches holes in the forward wall of the enemy's defensive line. In baseball, the object is to go home. And to be safe. I hope I'll be safe at home. Safe at home. That is the late, great George Carlin. Where would you love to live? Have you explored today's market? When I spoke with Heather Ramos, she instantly put me at ease. I'm Coach Debbie from Story U, and I recommend Heather to first-time buyers or dream home shoppers and everyone in between. Let Heather's experience lead you to a perfect location and style and all within your budget. Contact Heather Ramos at Keller Williams. That's Heather Ramos at KW.com. Author and retired Lieutenant Colonel Dan Hampton is on the line. This interview took place just a couple of weeks ago, and I really barely scratched the surface during the interview of this remarkable man's career. And you will understand what I'm saying when I read the press release that I received that really piqued my interest in interviewing Lieutenant Colonel Dan Hampton. I got a press release and it, it talks about you and it says author and Lieutenant Colonel retired Dan Hampton knows what he writes. He flew 151 combat missions during his 20 years, that's from 1986 to 2006, in the Air Force and received four distinguished flying crosses with valor, a Purple Heart, eight Air Medals with valor, five meritorious service medals, among others. His book is called Valor, the Astonishing World War II Saga of One Man's Defiance and Indomitable Spirit. And it's about Lieutenant Bill Harris. The reason I read all that is I was looking to do this interview and I was on the run. Essentially, I thought this was an autobiography about you. And I wanted to do the interview for that reason, you see? Because I'm going, this guy is pretty amazing. And then I see now this is about someone else, um, Lieutenant uh, Bill Harris. So I want to talk about your background, but let's uh, just get right into why we're doing the interview with you today, and that's about your book. And um, how did you uh, find Lieutenant Bill Harris? And he was a 25-year-old um, survivor of the fall of the Philippines and uh, was under brutal captivity. If you know anything about, and I know you do, um, how the Americans really suffered in uh, Filipinos under the conditions of the Japanese during that time. And so how did you come about uh, finding out about uh, Lieutenant Bill Harris? Well, I was researching the book uh, before this one, Vengeance, and it took place largely on Guadalcanal, and I, I ran across a General Field Harris and uh, learned that he had a son who was a Marine lieutenant and made a note of it, and then after I was done with Vengeance and looking for a new book, I remembered, went back and researched it a bit, and found out about Bill's astounding 
story, and that's that's how this one came to be. That and the fact that when I talked to his daughter, she told me she had a 1,500-page manuscript that he'd written after the war, and that's where you know the real insights and first-person dialogue and everything else comes from in this book. It's all from Bill's own 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 brain and his mouth. And what made him so amazing? I think what makes him stand out in my mind is is uh, his resiliency, his absolute refusal to surrender defiance, if you want to call it that, and the fact that he never gave up hope. He never gave up hope in his in his fellow captives when he was a captive, in his in his men. He never gave up hope in the United States. So he felt that uh, we would prevail ultimately, and that's what kept him going. I think so. That and something that was, you know, deep inside of him that you re- you never really know you have until you need it. And some people don't have it, but Bill had it, and that was just a, a refusal to submit. He was going to find a way to escape and get back in the war if it killed him. So tell us about that in terms of his escape or trying to. I know many people did. Some were successful, some were not. Obviously, he was successful. Yeah, I don't want to give too much away, but he um, he did... He did get off that island. He was beaten to with, with literally, quite literally, within an inch of his life by four Japanese soldiers. And when he recovered sufficiently, he, he realized there's no way I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stay here. They might have forced me to surrender, but they, they can't keep me from, from escaping and, and trying to get back into the fight. And so, you know, he's on an island. The only way off of it is to steal a boat, and there weren't any boats, or to swim, and that's what he did. Because a lot of people tried and didn't get off the island. They were not successful. Well, you know, it surprised me. A lot of people didn't try to get off Corregidor. And it wasn't because they weren't going to escape, but they were waiting for the Japanese to move them to the mainland. And they were going to escape there because they reasoned, correctly so, it was a lot bigger place. There was a lot easier places to hide. Filipinos might help them. Corregidor wasn't that big, and it's an island. A lot of these guys couldn't swim, so there was no way for him to get off. Bill obviously could, so that's how he, that's how he escaped. You know, I've read uh, some reviews on your book, and uh, what people have said, in, like New York Times, has said essentially this is almost reading like a novel. It's so compelling, it doesn't seem like this is reality. Well, I'll take that as a compliment. Uh, I think they mean it. It moves along very well. It is definitely reality. There's nothing in that that didn't happen or isn't true. As I said, all the dialogue and thoughts came from Bill Harris's personal account of all this. I have a, a man I admire very much named Nelson DeMille, who is a fabulous author, and he was kind enough to give me a, a write-up on this book. And that's essentially what he said, is that he, he couldn't put it down and, and it read like, a, read like a novel, which I'll take as a, a very profound compliment. Oh, I sure would. Um, now, the characteristics of, let's say, you've researched him, then your own experience, and you've been around these situations um, to something that I can't even imagine, but what do you think are what makes a hero, a true hero like Bill Harris, and I say yourself? Well, I appreciate the thought. I would never classify myself like that or certainly put myself in Bill's, in Bill's league. Heroes, the Hollywood cliche aside, is not somebody that ever starts out to think that that's what's going to happen. If you ever run across somebody who's looking for a hero, then stay away from them because they'll probably get you killed. A hero is somebody, I think, who simply does what he needs to do at the time without real regard to the risk to himself. 
saving somebody's life or, you know, running to help uh, a wounded comrade or rolling in on a target that nobody else can hit at the time, but you have to do it because people's lives are at stake. You could say heroism is that. I do not think it is the modern sense of hero that you hear battered around the news media, you know, somebody who saves a kitten or some bubble-headed celebrity battling an alcohol addiction. That's not heroism. Uh, A hero is Bill Harris. And looking at uh, someone like him, and again, people like you, um, you really don't know, or am I getting this right, because I've never been put in a situation like this or multiple times like you and him, um, you don't really know how you're going to react until you're confronted with it. Is that accurate? Yeah, that's very accurate. You know, in in my profession, the, 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 the screening and the training programs were so arduous that they weed out almost everybody that you think won't be able to hack it. Every now and again, though, there would be someone that did not did not perform the way that they should. And on the flip side of that, there were always some people that you might have had some questions about in peacetime who turned out to be calm, cool, and steely-eyed, you know, when the iron starts to fly. And I think that's true in any combat situation or any, you know, real dire uh, adverse situation. You just don't know how people are going to react until it happens. Let's move on to Russia invading Ukraine. What are your thoughts on that? I think they made a huge mistake and it set them back 20, 25 years in the eyes of the world. And I hope it cost Putin his life. Um, there was no reason for it other than his own vainglorious egomania. Uh, and he's getting his can kicked quite rightfully. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. I think he thinks if he can uh, outlast us because he rightfully believes that the West has a short attention span, that this will become a war of attrition and one that he'll end up winning. Um, I I don't think that's true. I don't think the Ukrainians are going to let that happen. I think the Ukrainians have the same defiance and resiliency that, you know, I wrote about in Bill Harris. I think they have that in spades, and I think they're going to win as long as they keep getting our help. You know what I think? uh, Yes, he did underestimate everything, almost everything to this point. And uh, one of the things that I have my look at history, like Vietnam and Afghanistan and those sorts of conflicts, is that the problem becomes when you become the occupier. Let's say he does occupy Ukraine. He is successful, which I agree with you. I don't think he will. And I'm glad to hear you say that, too, because you know much more than me about it. But his real problems will begin if he did take over the country. And now you're going to just have people you know, taking shots. They'll never, ever really run and own that country. No, that's true. He, he is not running the Soviet Union. You know, it's not what it was. And and even if he did, I agree with you, it, it would never be a place of peace, which is kind of unfortunate because he would respond the way most barbaric Russians would, and he'd level the place. You know, I think people should take away from this also the difference in the way the American military fights wars and the way that, that the Russians do. Can you elaborate on that for a moment? You say the difference between Russians and how the United States fight wars. Yeah, well, I was trained to fight the the Soviets, and they're just, you know, they're bozos. I don't underestimate them, but I also don't overestimate them, which is just as dangerous. And you've seen how poorly they fight and perform. They can't even keep their guys supplied with, you know, properly logistically supplied in a neighboring country 60 miles, you know, away. They can't do it. Yet we can build swimming pools and ice cream parlors and have bombs, bullets, and everything else 
from the other side of the world, and we do it better than anybody else. And we don't go in and level the place and murder and butcher civilians. The Russians seem to do that just just because. So I think people who are critical of America's foreign adventures, rightfully so in some cases, should at least give the military credit for not being butchers like the Russians are. Anything else you'd like to say before we go? Read Valor and, and, and find some inspiration and hope. That's why I told Bill's story, and I hope, I hope everybody likes it. That's best-selling author and retired Lieutenant Colonel Dan Hampton. His most recent book, Valor, the astonishing World War II saga of one man's defiance and indomitable spirit. Now, you can get that book. All you need to do is Google Dan Hampton book, and you will come to a site where you can access this book and a number of other best-selling books which he has written in the past. Very diverse subjects as well. Again, you can Google Dan Hampton book and get Valor, the astonishing World War II saga of one man's defiance and indomitable spirit. When a flock of geese knocked out two engines on U.S. Airways Flight 1549 right after takeoff from LaGuardia Airport, who would you want in the cockpit? Captain Sully or a pilot on their maiden flight? If Captain Sully was your choice, then experience is important to you. And that's what Voices of Experience with Paul Casey is all about. People with experience in their chosen fields. A variety of topics are explored, including local and national public affairs, self-employment, travel, lifestyles, health and fitness, history, and adventure. Welcome to this edition to Voices of Experience. My name is Paul Casey. Now, Voices of Experience is simulcast on AM 880 KIXI and 1150 AM KKNW on Wednesdays at 3 p.m. Voices of Experience is also rebroadcast on Kixie Sunday mornings at 11 a.m. Visit VoicesOfExperience.com and take a five-minute self-employment quiz. The higher you score on the quiz, the higher your prospects for success. That's VoicesOfExperience.com. On May 23, 1960, a tsunami caused by an earthquake off the coast of Chile travels across the Pacific Ocean and kills 61 people in Hilo, Hawaii. On May 23, 1949, the Federal Republic of Germany is established. And on May 24, 1883, the Brooklyn Bridge opens and connects the city of New York and Brooklyn for the first time in history. A year later, on May 24, 1884, Samuel Morse demonstrates a telegraph with the message of, What hath God wrought? On May 24, 1935, the first Major League Baseball game is held at night, the first night game in history. The Cincinnati Reds beat the Philadelphia Phillies 2-1 at Crossley Field in Cincinnati. And on May 25, 1935, at Forbes Field in Pittsburgh, Babe Ruth hit his 714th and final home run of his career. On May 25, 1961, President John F. Kennedy announced to the world his goal of sending an American to the moon by the end of the decade. Mission accomplished, but unfortunately, President Kennedy wasn't there to witness it. I got a lot of these tidbits from the History Channel. You can go to their website. They have a lot of factoids about history. And if you're into that sort of thing like I am, I think you will really enjoy it. What if the second deadliest cancer in men and women could be prevented? Would you try to avoid the pain? 
And what if you could protect yourself without leaving your home? Colorectal cancer is highly preventable. Screening is important, safe, and most people have options. Ask your doctor which screening test is right for you. Learn more from the Colorectal Cancer Alliance at GetScreened.org. And welcome to today's Spotlight on Success. I'm Eric Cream, and I'm speaking with Luke Miner with WA529. He is the director of that agency, and we're going to talk about what it means to parents and students here in the state of Washington and why you really should pay attention to these next 12 minutes. It's going to be meaty, lots of information, so please get ready to jot down some notes. Luke, thank you so much for joining us via Zoom. Really appreciate it. Hey, Eric. Thank you so much for having us here. I really appreciate the opportunity and just glad to share this important information with families. Now, I said it rather quickly, WA529, but we'll get into that here in just a minute, but maybe bring people up to speed as to how you became now director of the agency. Yeah, that's a great question. It it was a journey to get here and, and it's been a great one. So I'm a graduate of Western Washington University with a, uh, background in business administration and marketing. And yeah, my first job out of college was was doing marketing. So that ultimately led me to the state of Washington. I was with a private company initially, but really liked the idea of working, serving the public. So found this opportunity uh, at what was known as the GET program at the time before we expanded our offering. And it was a way to kind of put my marketing and business background towards helping families save for future college expenses. And I've been here th- since 2012 originally in the marketing department. And now here I am as the director of the program, still being out there and spreading the word about about these important resources for Washington families. Well, thanks for the work you do. I, I have a coworker who uh, absolutely believed in the GET program as his daughter was uh, growing up and put the money in there and was so thankful because now's the time under the wall 529 that he is actually able to use this benefit. So for those people whose interests maybe are piqued at this point, let's talk about wall 529, what the program is, who it helps, and really uh, why people should pay attention. And thanks for that, Eric. Yes. So we are administered by the state of Washington and we're all about helping families save for future college expenses uh, for, for any student who might want to pursue uh, higher education or any sort of career readiness training. Uh, families most often start college savings efforts with us while their students are young, but it's not limited just to young students. But that's our basic model is we try to connect with families when children are young get a saving strategy started and helping them build those uh, build those assets that are going to help them pay for a college experience and ultimately reduce the reliance on future student loan debt. Well, that's now, what I like about the program is oh, because this is probably our fifth or sixth interview over the years and uh, you're always evolving with what you know, students need and and what the population desires in terms of uh, this program and how it relates to tuition and and education. Uh, So let's talk about the flexibility here. That's what amazes me so much is that uh, you're not really uh, having to target all your dollars into one program and that's it. And that's the person that gets it no more. Talk about the flexibility because it is amazing how how it relates to this program. Yeah, the great thing about these programs is people can come directly to us, the state of Washington, to uh, enroll in our programs. We have two. Uh, one is called the Guaranteed Education Tuition, or more familiarly known as the GET program. 
And then also the newer DreamAhead College Investment Plan. Now the two plans share federal tax benefits. All the growth in your account grows tax-free and it remains tax-free when you use it for qualified higher education expenses. So that's a big benefit of Get, DreamAhead, and any other state-sponsored 529 plan. Now, you mentioned the flexibility. The great thing about these plans is we say higher education expenses, that's a pretty broad array of costs. It can be tuition and fees, room and board, books and supplies, you know, computers and other technology resources. And it's not just limited to your traditional four-year university, a community college, technical college, you know, tools associated with apprenticeship programs. Uh, people now can even use the benefits in their 529 plan to pay down existing student loans. So there's a lot of flexibility, a lot of you know, higher education after high school type uh, career readiness training that you can use these funds for. It's kind of funny, the producer, while, while you were talking in the other room, he put up a sign on the window that said, my boys are, I'm putting money toward my boys and get program and 529. He's all excited that we're having this conversation. All so right. that, that's that pretty super neat. Exciting to hear. <laughs> Big smiley face. Um, I like too the gifting portion of this. When I I wish I had thought of this or had this available, I should say, for my daughter as she was growing up, um, because it would have been nice for relatives at birthdays and holidays to uh, maybe put some money into that account to help us out, you know, and and help their own grandchild out in that sense. Um, talk about that, the gifting part. Oh yeah, and I have a great relatable story to that because we're living that right now. I have a two-year-old daughter. And we opened a GET account for her, uh, the state's prepaid tuition program. We opened one of those accounts for her before she was even born. And, you know, you can put that kind of thing on your baby registry for those doting relatives who want to set your child up for success in the future. Uh, And also what what we're seeing is family members, my in-laws and my parents uh, contribute at birthdays and holidays uh, to my daughter's GET account. And, you know, it doesn't prevent them from getting the things. My mom loves to get her cute outfits and those kinds of things, which are very important. But, you know, there's still room. Mm. You know, what you can do is instead of maybe getting a whole bundle of gifts, maybe you get one or two gifts and then you can make a contribution to a child's college savings plans. Because we all know it takes a village to raise a child. And that's becoming more and more common these days. Having a family rally around a student, make contributions to their future success. And what better gift than the gift of education, which is that gift that will really last throughout a child's lifetime. So we're living that ourselves. Uh, We have Get and Dream Ahead accounts and family members are getting involved in helping us along the way. So we're very grateful for that. Now we've bantered back and forth on on both of sort of these different plans, these different programs, the Guaranteed Education Tuition or Get program, as a lot of people know, and now the Dream Ahead College Investment Plan. Can you give just basic differences there? Yeah, so GET is a prepaid tuition program, meaning you can lock in the cost of college today at today's prices, no matter when you use it in the future. So the state guarantees that if you buy 100 GET units today, it will keep pace with tuition at the University of Washington. Now, you can take that value anywhere, but that's always what it's going to be based on. Uh, Now, DreamHead, on the other hand, does not have a guarantee from the state, but what it does have is a flexible lineup of investment options, some that are based on the age of the child. So we automatically will adjust the investments for you as time goes on. Or if you want to be more custom in uh, building your portfolio, we have static options that let you construct, um, put together different portfolios to meet your savings goals. So so with DreamAhead, you get more flexibility, uh, adjust for your risk tolerance, yet you get that peace of mind guarantee from the state. And they're not mutually exclusive. Families can choose to participate in either plan or both plans together. And in fact, as I shared, that's what my family is doing and that, that aligns well with their savings goals. And that's ultimately what it's about for families. 
Don't get overwhelmed by the thought of what college might cost in the future. Think about what what efforts you can make today and that you can comfortably afford to set up a, a regular. We find that families most often do, do best with regular savings efforts, such as monthly automatic contributions, that kind of thing. Just develop something that works for you and your family. Get started as early as you can. And, and again, get the family involved, get others involved to help make that burden uh, or that effort lighter. What's the best way that people can kind of sit down and and learn more? Uh, some people are visual. They love to read about it. Uh, others need maybe videos or need to talk to friends or family. What do you suggest? How do people get started educating themselves about these two programs? The best first stop is 529.wa.gov. So 529.wa.gov. That describes both Get and Dream Ahead. It talks about what a 529 plan is in the first place. A reminder, it's a, it's a tax advantage college savings plan. And so you can learn about the two programs. You can learn about 529s generally, and you can ultimately learn how to enroll and get started, which takes 10 to 15 minutes. It's pretty quick. There's no enrollment fees. And if people uh, are auditory learners and want to talk to a live person, the best number to call is 800-955-2318. And they can connect with a GET representative. And if they wanted to hear about the DreamHead options, they can connect uh, them to someone who can talk them through that. Now, is it, are these programs only offered to Washington State residents, or what if you're working remotely uh, or even part of the year, maybe outside the state? Yeah, the great question. If So for the GAP program specifically, you either the account owner or the student has to be a Washington resident when you open the account. Mm. Um, so you have to have a, a Washington address to get it to at least open the account. You can take it with you if you end up moving. Uh, now, the DreamHead is open to anyone in the U.S., so it's not restricted by state boundaries. Uh, very interesting. Well, the the economies are definitely changing uh, these days. People are working remotely. People are uh, traveling a lot for their work and things like that. So it would be nice to know there's some flexibility. Or if you're a Washington State resident, you could go down that road of the GET program as well. I really suggest that people check out 529.wa.gov. That's 529.wa.gov to learn more. Um, thank you so much, uh, Luke, for all your information. Uh, it's been a pretty quick interview. Yeah, it's got by quickly. I really <laughs> appreciate you having us out, Eric, and helping us share this important information with families. Well, I'm glad as as director, you're you're with the agency. It's in good hands with you, uh, and uh, we've talked again for for years now. And uh, you sound as excited and as pumped up of the programs as you as you ever been. So uh, you must really enjoy what you're doing. I, I really do. I really do. And it's uh, I think what's really renewed my. Uh, interest in all this is uh, it never waned, but having a child now that I'm raising who's two mm. years old and seeing her develop, that is just really recharging me. It's helping us power through the pandemic and really want to help um, just continue to help families and help them uh, students achieve their dreams ultimately. Well, that's wonderful. Thank you, Luke, for your time today and all my best to your department, WA 529, the Guaranteed uh, Education Tuition Program and Dream Ahead College Investment Plan. I'd really like people to learn more, 529.wa.gov. Thanks again, Luke, for your time. Thanks, Eric. Appreciate it. As for listeners to Spotlight on Success, be sure to tune in next week for another interesting conversation. Best to you all.
There are two outs in the bottom of the ninth. Base is loaded. The Seattle Mariners trail the L.A. Dodgers by three runs in Game 7 of the World Series. Who would you rather see step up to the plate? Mitch Hanniger or a promising but yet untested player just called up from the minors? If Mitch Hanniger is your choice, that means experience is important to you. That's what Voices of Experience with Paul Casey is all about. People with experience in their chosen fields. Topics explored including public affairs, self-employment, travel, health and fitness, history, and adventure. Welcome to this edition to Voices of Experience. My name is Paul Casey. Voices of Experience is simulcast on AM 880 KIXI and 1150 AM KKNW on Wednesdays at 3 p.m. Voices of Experience is also rebroadcast on Kixie Sunday mornings at 11 a.m. Visit VoicesOfExperience.com and take a five-minute self-employment quiz. The higher you score on the quiz, the higher your prospects for success. That's VoicesOfExperience.com. Sue Elway has joined us once again, and we have Stu on the show frequently, at least four times a year. He conducts polls about what Washingtonians and uh, are thinking about the major issues and uh, certainly what the Seattle voters are thinking. And what we're talking about today is focused on Seattle. Stu did a poll, the Crosscut Elway poll just completed that recently. For example, we talk about how the mayor is doing so far. So let's just get right to it. In your latest poll, Stu, is there anything that jumped out as a huge surprise? Not a huge surprise. I think it pretty much validated what people are thinking and hearing around uh, the city. What a poll usually does is sort of quantifies what people kind of think they already know. And I see that your poll, as far as the first one that I've seen, had the first uh, results in from Mayor Harrell's first what, 90 days in office and right. what people were thinking about him. Can you tell us about that? Sure. So we asked the question, are you encouraged or discouraged by what you have seen so far? And uh, the biggest number was no opinion, which was 41%. But of those 60%, 59% who had an opinion, more were encouraged than discouraged by two to one. And what the, we followed that up with uh, what makes you encouraged or discouraged. For the people uh, who were, said they were encouraged by what they've seen, uh, they thought he was heading in the right direction. They like his focus on homelessness. That was the number one uh, reason that they cited in, a, in an open-ended question. About a third of the people uh, liked his his focus and approach to homelessness and then focus on crime was the third of the people who said they were discouraged they thought he was taking the wrong approach on homelessness and then about one in five said they just don't they just didn't like him <laughs> i so just don't like him i just don't like he him. rubs just, me the wrong way something yeah mm -hmm. they, didn't, they didn't elaborate too much now, uh, you also asked a question about uh, crime in Seattle and what the thinking of the population was. And this is, again, the last week of April 2022. Anything there that um, you felt that uh, maybe was a surprise? Well, one of, you know, I guess there was. Uh, we asked people if anyone in their household had been a victim of crime in the last couple of years. And then we asked another question, as far as you know, has anyone in your neighborhood been a victim of crime in the last couple of years. 36%, over a third, said that they themselves had, had been a crime victim within the last couple of years. Most of those were property crimes, uh, but 2% had been victim of a personal crime. In their neighborhood, 60% said that someone in their neighborhood had been a victim of 
uh, crime. So you combine those, and we had 31% of the of the voters we talked to had both been of crime victim themselves and there'd been crime in their another uh, other crime in their neighborhood. So that seems like a pretty high number. Uh, the largest numbers came from West Seattle, and then uh, the, what the... Excuse me, Stu, you mean the reports of crime or actual crime? In our survey, the, the highest proportion of people who said they'd been a victim or, or in their neighborhoods came from the 1st and 7th District, which is okay. uh, West Seattle, downtown uh, Queen Anne Magnolia. Interesting. Well, I live in West Seattle, yeah, and I was gone for a couple of months and came back. And I've talked to the neighbors, and the biggest one that has happened in our neighborhood is uh, car prowlers. Right. And um, one other thing that was said is that I said, well, what happens when the police come? They said, we don't even call the police anymore. It's not worth it. We live on uh, Finney Ridge, and we had the same car stolen twice in the last 10 years. (laughs) Wow. That's not you. That was a neighbor or something. No, it was us. Oh, it was you. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Yeah, our, our car got stolen. We they we found it and returned it, and then you know five or six years later, it got stolen again. Oh my gosh, what kind of car is it? <laughs> uh, yeah, we sold it. Okay, good good idea. <laughs> it's in Idaho now. <laughs> right, break the mojo there. Okay, you can have it. Yeah. Um, you know it, it, it's interesting, or we'll see if this is interesting to people. Judging on the property crime that has occurred, which you just outlined. I was surprised that the next question that you had in what are some of the solutions that you would recommend, being the people you polled, people weren't like wanting pitchforks and no. going to the city square and something because they're so angry at crime. The top of what people thought needed to be done was, well, we have lack of mental health and addiction services, like 85% said that. Right. But then you go to at the point now where people are so fatigued Lack of law enforcement, that was down 53%. The number of prosecutions and arrests, 44. Judges and sentencing, 42. And I would have thought that would have been much higher. Well, those were were prominent in the campaign. Uh, The the newly elected uh, city attorney, Ann Davison, uh, campaigned on, on those issues. The top four our lack of uh, mental health addiction services, homelessness, economic conditions, and then political leadership. And that that was at 56%. The only other one that got above 50% as a major factor was lack of law enforcement, which starts to get... Well, see, that doesn't surprise me. I just yeah. thought that number would have been higher, just as I talked about the West Seattle experience uh, yeah. with my neighbors. Well, yeah, that's right. If I hadn't seen the poll results before the interview, the one that says the the bottom one, it is 51 percent, but it is bottom saying more prosecutions of shoplifting and other misdemeanors. Right. I would have thought that would have been at the top with other polls. And I don't think it was yours, but what, 35, 40 percent of the people are thinking about leaving Seattle. Now, that's probably the home prices, too. There's also a national poll of college graduates and Seattle was the number one place people want to move to. So I think, I think we just, um, so. Wow. That's yeah. stunning. That, you know, I yeah. mean, this, it is, it's like, what's up is down. That's amazing. Well, to me. you know, what? it's, it's a, well, it shouldn't it's a churn. Be, I guess. It's a churn where clearly the city's been in, in some transition. Uh, you know, we were a Boeing town for 50 years. Now we're a tech town. And I, th- I think we're seeing the, on a large scale, I think that's the the churn we're seeing here. And you know, any 
growing city is going to have that kind of a bit of a revolving door, uh, mm-hmm. and, and, and we're seeing that. But uh, you're right, the, the, the top one, 92%, almost everybody we polled said, I would like to see more money spent on addiction and mental health services. And then 80% more training for police officers to de-escalate crimes and uh, more programs to address the root causes of crime. And then adding non-police staff to respond to certain situations was at 75%. So the voters are not taking a hard line. This is not a law and order town. Absolutely. Yes, that really jumps out. a hard line on, on what should be done. And as you pointed out, the bottom one although it's still a majority said we should spend more on this, was prosecutions for shoplifting misdemeanors, which, as I pointed out, was sort of a major theme in the campaign. Do you have any plans of moving out of Seattle? No. We've been in, in, in this house for 32 years and love the neighborhood. And you look at it, but it wouldn't be for the reasons we're talking about here. It, it's just like wow, we could cash out and get a really nice house somewhere else. And then the question is, where would you go? The problem is, yeah, once you sell, you have to move. And um, I'm really not inclined to do that. That's Stu Elway of the Elway Crosscut Poll. You just received some startling news. You're going to need brain surgery. But the doctor also says your prospects for total recovery are excellent. The doctor is very confident with his prognosis. He's performed hundreds of similar surgeries during his career. Who would you choose, this doctor or another doctor who's never performed this type of surgery? If the doctor who's performed similar surgeries is your choice, then experience is important to you. That's what Voices of Experience with Paul Casey is all about. People with experience in their chosen fields. Topics explored including public affairs, self-employment, travel, health and fitness, history, and adventure. Welcome to this edition to Voices of Experience. My name is Paul Casey. Voices of Experience is simulcast on AM 880 KIXI and 1150 AM KKNW on Wednesdays at 3 p.m. Voices of Experience is also rebroadcast on Kixie Sunday mornings at 11 a.m. Visit VoicesOfExperience.com and take a five-minute self-employment quiz. The higher you score on the quiz, the higher your prospects for success. That's VoicesOfExperience.com. That's all the time we have for this edition to Voices of Experience. My name is Paul Casey, and along with Eric Crema, we thank you for joining us today. What's coming up next week? Well, I'm going to tell you. We are going to do the show live next week. Eric and I, it's the first time we've done that. It's going to be live from Factoria. Not as catchy as live from New York at Saturday night, but live from Factoria. That's a big deal for us at 3 p.m., uh, this coming Wednesday. So um, let's get on to the comments about the show, anything you've heard about it. And Eric, I think you want to talk about uh, the promotion coming up. Yeah. So since in celebration of us going live, you've generously decided to give a, a box seat, uh, a pair of tickets in, in the box. Uh, they're right behind home plate at Rainier uh, for the Tacoma Rainiers at Cheney Stadium uh, at a future game. So all anyone has to do is simply call this number 425-653-1166. That's 425-653-1166 and give us their opinion. What do you like about the show? What are some changes you would like to see? What are some topics that you would want to hear more about? That's all you have to do. 425-653-1166. And be sure to leave your name and a contact information. Uh, so a way to get a hold of you, phone number, email, whatever's easiest. Paul? 
Okay, thank you. Quote of the week. Don't promise when you are happy. Don't reply when you are angry. And don't decide when you are sad. Ziad Abdel Noel. This week's One Hit Wonder coming up next on Kixie and a very important trait, an entrepreneurial, a must on listening coming up if you're listening at KKNW. I can help the next customer over here. Oh, thank you. Wow, that's a lot of books. Let's see. How to keep your child safe. Child-proofing your home. Child-proofing your yard. Child-proofing your in-laws home and yard. Well, I'm guessing you have a little one at home. Yeah. Well, it looks like you must take good care of her. Oh, thank you. Now, let's see. Parents' Guide to Safe Toys. That's a really good one. Parents' Guide to Safe Foods. Parents' Guide to Safe Safety Products. Parents' Guide to Parenting Guides. Don't throw the baby out with the bathwater and other safety tips. Of all the things you can read about keeping your child safe, the most important is attached to the back of their car seat. Read the instruction manual and learn to use the latch system. It makes it easier to be sure your child's car seat is installed correctly. Parents guide to telling other parents how to raise their kids. To learn more, go to safercar.gov. Anchor, tether, latch, the next generation of child safety. A message from the U.S. Department of Transportation and the Ad Council. Get it, slip it, cuff it, check it. Talk to doctor now and share it. Nearly one in two U.S. adults have high blood pressure. That's why it's important to self-monitor your blood pressure in four easy-to-remember steps. It starts with a monitor. Be next to talk to your doctor about your blood pressure numbers. Get down with your blood pressure. Self-monitoring is power. Visit ManagerBP.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council, the American Heart Association, and the American Medical Association. In partnership with the Office of Minority Health and Health Resources and Services Administration. Listening to Voices of Experience with Paul Casey. I wrote a book a couple of years ago. It's called Is Self Employment for You? Actually, I first wrote it in 2004 and I updated it in 2017. Why? Well, in 2004, the iPhone didn't exist. So I thought it needed to be uh, get some of the dust off it and update the book with all the media, social media in mind. So that gives you a backdrop of this. In that book, I have what's called a self-employment quiz. There are 20 questions on that quiz. And the higher you score on that quiz, the higher your prospects for success. I'll give, I'll give you the address right now. It's voicesofexperience.com forward slash home. If you want to take the quiz, all you have to do is visit voicesofexperience.com forward 
slash home. One of the questions on the quiz is listening. I think is it extremely important for anybody to be a good listener, but particularly if you are an entrepreneur and want to succeed in business. The ability to read a room when you're making a presentation, are you talking too long? Like I often do, I have to catch myself with that, but that's an art that you have to learn when eyes are wandering, time to shut down. But more important is how you sell. And one of the things that I did in the beginning, Eric, I was selling and I would go and I would go into someone's office, a decision maker, and I would say, um, this is my newspaper. This is why you should be in it. This is my radio show. This is why you should be advertising on it. I found out I had some success there. But when I reversed that process and went in and started saying, first of all, what is your business? Why did you go into business for yourself? What are you trying to accomplish? Where are your weaknesses? That sort of thing. My first exchange with people was finding out about them, not about me. And the success of selling went up considerably. So how about you, Eric? Uh, I know you've been in the sales part of things. What do you think? Yeah. And you know, it's, it's sales is difficult in, in a lot of ways. One of which for me, my challenge early on was just getting out of my comfort zone and talking with people. And, uh, sometimes when you're nervous, you do tend to talk longer because you're trying to fill any void of silence. Right. But, uh, the cadence of good talking is, is back and forth and, and certainly a lot more listening than talking. And, uh, so just posing a question here or there and people, frankly, they like to talk about themselves. So, you know, ask a question here or there and then start listening because all those cues are going to come to you from the answers that you hear. That would be my advice. Absolutely. No, no question on that. And as I said, when I started to become a better listener, my uh, company became more successful. So I totally agree with you there. So that's the bottom line of everything. And I'll just read this directly from my book. Being a good listener is one of the most important ingredients for becoming a successful business owner. You can pick up valuable information on what a potential client or customer is looking for if you just take time to listen to what they're telling you. They're telling you what you need to know. Great advice. And uh, how can people learn more and actually get a copy of that book? Well, just visit VoicesOfExperience.com forward slash home, and you can find out all the information. VoicesOfExperience.com forward slash home. You've been listening to the Voices of Experience radio network. No promotional fees have been paid by authors or other guests who appear on the show. If you have any comments or suggestions, call the Voices of Experience hotline at 425-653-1166. That's 425-653-1166. And finally, experience is our best teacher.